the One Two Football Podcast. The voices of tomorrow here today. Hey guys, welcome back to the One Two Football Podcast. I'm Nathan, and today it could be a controversial one because we give our most overrated Premier League eleven. As usual, I'm here with Ollie and Kieran. How, how are you, Ollie? Yeah, I'm good. I'm a bit, I'm a bit nervous because my ta- my team on paper is very good, but it, like it isn't in my eyes. If you know what I mean, it's a confusing one this week because one of us could say someone's bad, and then they could, in the other eyes, they could be really good, which is why, like you said, it's going to be a bit, um, you know, it could be a bit get a bit heated. But yeah, no, I'm excited, and I'm excited to see if anyone, you know, puts someone that I'm going to be fuming about because you know, <laughs> yeah, they, there could be a few arguments, I think. But then on the other side of things, there could be one player we all agree. On, you know, yeah. it's all subjective, really, and how we view it. So I'm actually, this is probably the ones, one of the ones that like is more in the blue or out out of the blue in terms of players we're going to pick. Some of the other ones, you you tend to get certain players, um, whereas this one, it could really be anyone because it's it's our own opinion. So I'm looking, I'm looking forward to seeing more what you guys pick. Do Do you think, Kieran, in your team, there is someone that is going to rustle? Yes. One of us. Oh. 100%. Because I think this one, is, there's definitely a lot of room. Obviously, the last person to get very rustled during one of these was Ollie. I think we all might get a bit rustled during <laughs> this one. <laughs> so we'll start off. It's a full 11. Uh, we put rules that we can't just put like five, five, six players from one team. There's only three players per team. In a, in a kind of traditional formation, we always do these with the 4-2-3 and 4-3-3, however you want it. Um, and then, I mean, let's just get into it. Ollie. What goalkeeper is the most overrated goalkeeper, in your opinion, in the Premier League? Oh, he goes first. Can I just say, well, I forgot that I made the rule of max of three per, per team. And so I had to redo my team because I had like five <laughs> from one team. I was like, oh, five. <laughs> yeah, it was real bad. Right. But um, anyway. He's really going in on that. <laughs> so my goalkeeper, I'm sure this guy, and I, I am certain this person, is gonna, you know, have a good career. But I think he's overrated for the price tag just paid for him. Brand new signing, it is Ramsdale. I think just the whole I think he's a good I think he's a good player. I think listen, right? I think he's a good player, but I think the price he's paid and the clearly what Arsenal are seeing, Arsenal have overrated him. I know that he's not massively, you know, it's very split opinion in like some people think he's really good. I know a lot of Sheffield United people think he's, you know, a great player, but I think that a lot of people do think, you know, he could be the next big thing, especially at Arsenal and within, obviously, Arsenal as the club. But I think he's just so great. The money they paid for him, this player, I think he's a decent goalie, but I don't think he's Arsenal level. And for that, I think he's overrated. I think mean, it's a tough one, really, because I don't think anyone really rated Ramsdale a whole lot. Um, when, he first, when I remember ever slaughtering Arsenal through thinking about it. But, I mean, you can only go off performance for Arsenal so far. Three clean sheets. Out of three, I mean, it's been a good. I mean, Burnley and Norwich and West Brom aren't, aren't the strongest teams ever, but it's been a pretty strong start for him. He's looked better than Leno, who was, was someone that I considered putting in mind because I, I don't think Leno's very good. And I realised maybe everyone doesn't think Leno's very good. Um, but I don't know. I suppose 30 million for an English player, young English goalkeeper. It's a tough one. I, I, I disagree, but not like strongly. You know what I mean? You know what he said about Leno thing? It's quite funny because Leno was in my team and then I thought, but most people don't rate him. So I put Ramsdale in because I thought people rate him. <laughs> Some so Arsenal people needs to yeah, get I was going to say, it was, one, it was one of them. Kieran, how, how are you feeling about, about that? I, I've like, I think this is maybe the one position that I went back and forth from a bit. I considered both Leno and Ramsdale. Um, but then I, I did, I lent on the side of 
I don't think I think they're more not rated by people than rated. Mm -hmm. So I kind of steered away from them, um, and that's why like I feel like maybe a few of mine might be like who have you gone for? Because I've that's gone it. for Catherine Michael. Ooh. See now, like I, I rate Catherine Michael. I think he's a very good keeper. Well, what well, um, then? I rate. <laughs> wait, check the podcast name. Overrated eleven. Can you can you let me speak? No. Ooh. <laughs> right. So the reason I've gone for it is because I feel like FA Cup final. He made that fantastic fantastic save against. Uh, I can't remember who it was, but fantastic save in the final. Yet the game against Spurs, last game of the season. He punched thin air coming out for a cross. So I just feel like it might be a bit, he might be a bit like 50 50 at times. So the reason I think he's overrated is because people maybe look at those worldy saves and things like that. I remember he did one against West Ham a few years ago, which was just ridiculous. But then there's a few nervy moments where you think, you know, a player um, in the kind of lesser team that the one they're building with Brendan Rodgers, who maybe wouldn't make that mistake. So, you know, he's, he's not getting younger either. So I've just kind of gone for him just because I feel like. Maybe people hype him up a bit too much than what they so, should. It's a case of like Schmeichel not being in. Yeah, a lot of people probably put him in the top five Premier League keepers discussion. Do you think that's not a position he's in? Do you think he's maybe slightly I, just outside that? Uh, yeah. On a good day, probably in there. But then, you know, it's, it can be 50-50 sometimes where I think, or maybe he should say that, or maybe he should do better there. Um, I, I think Alison Edison... Um, Emmy Martinez, I'd even argue Laurie since he's come back from the injuries. Mendy. Had. Um, I'm trying to think of other keepers now. Mendy, Mendy, yeah, I, I think I probably would leave him out slightly if I'm honest. Mm, I, I mean, when you say it like that, I, can't, I, I, I agree kind of. I, I see what you mean. I don't, again, it's one of them around, I don't strongly disagree. Uh, but I think Rach Michael's a very good goalkeeper. Um, yeah, it's a tough one. I, it's got me thinking whether he's in my top five Prem keepers. I don't think he is. He might be. Depends what they have to He's overrated, though. Just because he's not in your top five doesn't mean he's overrated. He's, right, he's quite universally rated, as in like, yeah. being a top five Prem keeper. So that in turn, that would make him overrated by public. I think he's. A, I, th I think he's a top. I would say he's a top five Prem keeper. I just think a lot of people are on par, on the same level each other. That you can't split them. Yeah. I mean, yeah my, my view with Prem keepers is there's two that are clear, of all clear, but a very good Mendy maybe three and then the rest are kind of that good but not world class level, I think. Um, Wait, you know, who have you got? Because I'm expecting... I've, I'm, I feel like that. mine's a bit mine's a bit weird and maybe it's just off the hype. Right? I, I never thought this keeper was as good as, as the main option. But I think people overrate Nick Pope a little bit. I, I, I'm not going to scout and say he's awful. He's not bad. He's a good goalkeeper. Very good for Burnley and, and a solid thing. But people were putting him in, oh, he should be the next goalkeeper for this team, next goalkeeper for that team. I don't think he's great, like in, in terms of that level. And I think Pickford was a better goalkeeper, is a better goalkeeper, will remain a better goalkeeper. So I just see too much about Pope being like this clear goalkeeper of, of Pickford, and I just think that <laughs> no, you're not. So um, it was a tough position because a lot of goalkeepers I think that are either not rated or rated properly, as we've kind of seen with, with the two with you, you two have put out. I, I went with Pope. So I'm actually surprised. I'm not going to lie. I thought someone was going to say De Gea just because you know. Because no one rated him towards I've the end won. of last season, but he's come back. He's come back. Yeah. He's still one of the best in the world, in my opinion. But you know, but no, Pope. In terms, mm. of, in terms of Pope, I mean, it's another one for me that I kind of I don't overrate him because but I don't underrate him. He's just a goalie, so I can't say. But 
and I've never known anyone to go, Nick Pope, what a guy, world-class goalie. So I'm going to have to disagree with you on him being overrated, but I can see what you mean when it comes to England selection. But Pickford is very, at times, dodging when he goes through his phases. I, I also said we should have started Pope. So, I mean, but that's not because I don't think I overrate Pope. I think it's just because I don't Did really we, rate Pickford. Didn't we all go for Pickford? Yeah, yeah. In, yeah, we did, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> but I, said, I meant prior to You that. just said you wanted to start Pope. Yeah, oh, prior. prior to that, prior to that. But I mean, and then obviously uh, Pickford for the Euros. But I mean, I don't feel like I ever overrated Pope. I just feel like sometimes maybe I underrated Pickford in the instance. But I can see where yeah. you're coming from, but I yeah. do disagree. I mean, that could be a thing we, we could do an underrated Premier League and see, see who comes up in that one. But that would be so much yeah. easier. I actually thought that would be so much easier. Maybe like me next week. <laughs> but we'll move to, move to defence. We'll move to, to the right back. Um, I'll go first because again, I struggle. I mean, I struggled with basically all of these except about three. So this one I kind of struggled with, and it's not a case of I think this player's a bad player. I mean, this guy has great qualities, but playing for the team he's playing for, I need to see more going forward, which I do believe he's improved. And when I say that, you probably know what I'm talking about. And that's Aaron Wan-Bissaka. Let's I think, go, Nathan. I think, <laughs> I think he, he has moments where I mean, you saw against young boys, an incredibly naive moment there, cost United the game side alongside Jesse Lingard. Um, and then just like I want to see more from him I mean the right back role has been redefined as of late you know it never used to be that way until until kind of the emergence of players like Danny Alves and then later on Trent Alexander-Arnold you know so a lot of people put attacking needs to be the most important thing but nowadays when you're playing for a team like Man United you have to be able to to contribute well in, in attack and we saw improvements to that last year but still not on the level of some of the other right backs in the league Especially when you see someone like Reese James coming through, who's consistent in both areas. You know, he's side of the pitch as well, and Luke Shaw, and how well yeah. he's going going forward. And now with Varane as well, that defence is on like another level. And then Wambasaka's, I don't want to say he's been exposed, but I think he has slightly, as you know, maybe not being up to the level. You know, when they first signed him, I thought he was the best defender in the team. And now I think in the starting 11, I think I, he's probably the worst. I think there's a lot of last ditch from him, and he's very good at that. But that's not always what you need to be good at when you're a right back. It's a great quality to have, but it's not not the most important thing. And I just, I just think, like in terms of even with England, like I don't think he's the the sec- first or second best right back England have. You know, probably fits in, and maybe you know I think probably alongside Trippier in third or fourth. I don't even mind which way it goes. Or, and no, he's not even in the top three because Walker's there as well. Um, so so that's another reason. I just think. I think the time might be turning on, on public opinion of Wan-Bissaka, to be honest. But I, I, for now, I think he's overrated. It might be a case next year we're talking about how he's underrated because he, he pulls it back. But for now, for now, he's overrated. I'm sure Ali disagrees. Make, make, I think, make me want to cry, mate. Make me want to cry. I, I under, I, it's I, I, true. I, he's not angry. He wants to cry because he knows it's true. I, <laughs> no, 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 no. I do not think he's overrated because I don't think he's rated enough, personally. I think he is... Should be in the England squad. I put him in the England squad. I think he is the best defensive right back in the league and the best tackler in the league, maybe. Um, I think he is just a quality, quality right back in what he is. He is more of an old fashioned. I agree. He isn't the typical modern day um, attacking fullback, you know, like you see with like the likes of Trent and stuff like that. I do, obviously, yeah, his attacking output and his crossing to the box and when we go forward, he isn't the player you want on the right-back position if that's what you're looking for in a team. And, you know, a team like Man United probably are because they want to be getting at players and attacking on the counter-attacks and he does need to improve there. But I don't think he's overrated because for me, he's underrated because I think so many people have the mindset like you um, that makes him 
you know, underrated, but I still think he's a quality, quality player. I think he's going to be a huge part of Manchester United in the next, you know, few years and going forward. I think he's got a great career ahead of him. Um, and I think if he, you know, adds on that attack and the thing, he's going to be probably the best right back in the league or one of them, you know, behind Trent. So, um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. But for me, he's still quality. I think he's a divisive player because some people will be like, oh, do you remember Gary Neville? Or he was like, and he was good there. And But yeah, he definitely used to improve. I mean, he's, he's still a young player. I mean, you've got to give these players time. I don't think my say it one second, not a bad player. It's just someone that needs clear improvements, but like not quickly, well, as quick as he can, because he wants to maintain himself being at the top level. And it's just, yeah, it's, it's a weird one with Saka. I think that there's a player there, obviously, he plays for Man United, but you'd, you'd be surprised to know that he was a winger before he was a right back if you'd seen him play because he, he just looks a bit I don't want to call it, I don't want to knock professional footballers here but it does look just a bit like awkward like a bit of a nose he, goes, he looks like, clumsy I just think yeah like I think you're right you made a good point with the tides turning on him where it's kind of gone from rated to oh we don't rate him anymore so you can't really call him overrated but I think he's still bordering on that moment of we, we're not really sure because sometimes he can put in a brilliant performance and then other times he can get caught. I think the biggest thing with him is I think he gets caught out a lot defensively. I don't think, you know, I can think of three or four goals off the top of my head where he's just been caught out defensively and he hasn't been switched on. Um, and, you know, it's it, it's not ideal when you probably consider him to be a better defensive right back than an offensive, that he's making those errors defensively. So I think, you know, maybe over time, people. I think this season, if he doesn't kind of step up out of the shadows kind of how Luke Shaw did there will be the conversation had of you know whether is he even is rated at all at United I don't, I don't think I think I think every, I think it's been nitpicky now it's picking out of bits everyone you know has moments Place of, Man United yeah, Manchester yeah. Everyone, everyone, everyone has, he's getting exposed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, everyone, every single person has moments with dips and form. Like you just tell say about Cat. I was going to say this when you say about Cass Michael. You pick like one game in which you had a little, you know, a little drop, and now apparently he's, you know, he's overrated. Cass Michael's a great keeper. He had one blip. Wambasaka is a great right back. He's one of the best. There's more defenders in the Premier League. Okay, he had you know, that moment in which he's dropped back. Yeah, but he's so young still that he's gonna have to mature and be like this. I don't think he's over. He's not young anymore. At all. Not young. He's at that age where he's mature enough to be a Premier League footballer, and he shouldn't be diving into challenges like he did against young boys. If it, if I want anyone to make a challenge in the Premier League, I want Wambasaka doing it. The expectations on him are higher now, and I personally don't think he's delivering. Okay, that's fine. I'm just turning around saying when we turn around his about his tackling, he's probably the best tackler for me in the Premier League. So I don't like. I, I agree. It's defensive. Sure. All right. I, I, just, I, I, I honestly just think that I think he's so underrated in a lot of people's views. But going on to another England, a lot of potential. You know, one sack's not actually in the England team. My right back is Walker. I think he. Oh is no. Underrated. Yeah, I said it in no. England. I said it when he was playing for England. Terrible. And I say it again, he is not good enough to be in a... Did you watch the Euros? <laughs> did you watch the Euros? Did you watch the first three games? He was utter crap. He, was, he wasn't very good in the first game. He didn't he play in the second nah, 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 He was okay had... in the third and was class yeah. in the, in the knockout stages. Very, very, very solid. But, 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 fine. So now in the same instance, you take Schmeichel and you pick one moment of badness. Now you pick one moment of good quality play. From you a just well, though. Yeah. You, 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 you can work in the other way. You're having a... 
Kyle Walker is overrated. And I'm not even just saying it's because he plays for Man City. You know, I can say a lot of Man City players are absolutely quality. It's not even because I'm a Man United fan. Kyle Walker is not good enough to be in the starting lineup for Manchester City. He's not good enough to be in the starting lineup for England. He is overrated. He's too average in attack. He's too average in defence. If you want someone, they need to be quality in one position or another. And he's just average. He's just average. If I'm England, I'm having defensive positions, Wambasaka. If we want to be attacking, I'm putting Reese James because Reese James can do both. Even Trippier, I think, is better. Carl Walker, for me, he's a good player, no doubt. But to be in that, you know, title-winning team and to be in an England team, he's not good enough. He's overrated. Disrespect to Trent, then he should be starting for England. But in, in... <laughs> yeah, I completely missed him. Yeah, or him, anyone over this guy. I think I, I, I rate Walker. I think Walker's a very good player. I, I think, again, he has deficiencies and, and, and they are expired. I don't think Walker's the best right back in the Premier League. I will say that. But I disagree with him being like very accurate, like a good defender and a good attacker. And sometimes I think Carl Walker's problem is mentally. I think he's not the smartest player and that can cost him, which is where his physicality comes in and, and saves the day for him a lot of the time. And look, you don't play for Man City regularly if you're crap. Like it's, this is not how it works. So I, I think Walker's a, a very good player and I think his longevity at the best team in the Premier League probably sums it up for me. But, you know, you, there are moments with Carl Walker and probably that um, Croatia game was, was a good one for that where you're like, come on, Carl, like, come on, wake up. But I, I think he's a good player. I think he, he's not the best right back in the Premier League, but he's definitely top three. I don't know what I could Kieran. Kieran's had enough. Kieran's absolutely fuming about the Carl Walker there. But yeah, I agree with you. I think, you know, he's a good... I'm not calling him a bad footballer in any, in any way. He's a yeah, you just footballer. I just think he isn't good enough for the stage that he's playing at anymore. Mm. He went well when he first joined Manchester City. I thought he was probably the best right back, you know, in the Premier League. He was a quality, quality right back. But I don't think he's at the same levels. I think you know errors are coming and creeping into his game more and more and more. And for me, that's why he's overrated. He's still a very good footballer, but overrated one. Okay, and do you have anything to say for that? Sorry, apologies, Mark. I think my internet cut out there. <laughs> There we go. There we go. There we uh, about Carl Walker. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I think his pace benefits him massively and gets him out of certain situations that, you know, if he does make an error in judgment, um, it's not talked about because he'll recover the ball because he's just got that pace. Um, so I think if he didn't have the pace, I'd probably lean more towards what Ollie says. But you don't often hear many people slandering Carl Walker, but then you maybe don't hear many people praising Carl Walker to the extent of like Trent and Reese James. So that's why I think he's just he's just rated. I think he's just he's he's just he's just kind of there. Um and he doesn't need to necessarily blow the world away going forward for Man City because when you've got the level of attacking players they have, you just need to be good at defending in certain in certain moments. And I don't think I've rarely seen him exposed massively. Um, and I think he's quite versatile as well. He can play further forward if he needs to, and he can fit into a back three. So, I mean, it might be because of my, not personal link to him, but I always liked him at Spurs. Um, and I hold no grudges for him moving to City to win trophies, which is exactly what he's done. Um, I do personally just, I just rate him. I think he's good. I don't think he's great. I don't think he's bad. I think he's good. Who do, no. who do you think's overrated though, then? You rate him. Who do you not rate? I think you went one Bissaka, yeah. I think you went one Bissaka, that's why. Yeah, so oh, Okay, I thought you might have done. You never said, you never said. Yeah, one oh, no, Bissaka for me. I think it's overrated. 
Well, Ollie, do you want to kick us off with left back, the other side? Where, where are you going with this one? This is, I've already said one uh, player from this team and I'm, I'm going to do it again. And I think you guys are going to be even more fuming at me than I did with Carl Walker, but I'm going to say tyranny as my left back. Oh, tyranny. That's, isn't that a crime? <laughs> tyranny. I am um, oh, a terrible scout. Once again, <laughs> I am not arguing that he is uh, not a good footballer. He's a good footballer. But everyone makes out that, you know, he's the best, second best left back in the Premier League. No, he isn't. He is not up there. He is not in, you know, he's not the best left back in the Premier League. He's not the second best left back in the Premier League. He probably who, is who the would, third who best you put back in the Premier League. What? Who, who would you put in that? Who's, who's, Top. obviously Robertson's first. Who's second, third? Yeah, sure, Robertson. Sure, sure. first for me. Not Robertson. <laughs> what about third, you can have Chilwell. I'd really rate Alonso in the attacking aspect of it. I think there's a lot of I people... I'd, for me, he's just... Like your reaction then, when you're just there, like you're so shocked. I just don't get that vibe. I don't see what other people see in him. He is a good left-back. Yes, once again, like Walker was a good right-back. They are both great players. They're Premier League players, for God's sake. They're going to be good. All of these players are good footballers. But for me... The hype around him, you know, oh, he's the best left-back in the Premier League. He's this, he's that, he's this, that. No, he isn't. He's a good left-back, yeah. Yeah, okay, he's, he's definitely at Arsenal level because look at what Arsenal's level really is at the moment. Um, and if you can't tell, Arsenal were the team I had like five players in. You wouldn't think that many, in the team they're in, many people rate them. And I think that's why where you get the idea of Tierney is because he is a good player in a bad team. And that's maybe why he gets promoted the way he does so you see all these great things about and then you watch him and you're like you're not that amazed is that kind of where you're leaning no I, I, no I don't think so I went saying he's overrated people just say he is so good like the best one of the best in the world one of the best like the best in the Premier League I just do not see it in my personal opinion he's got nothing on short I remember when we were talking about it during the Euros and we were saying I think it was one of you or Ed or someone was saying like how you know Tyranny's on the same level as Shaw and stuff like this or maybe better than Shaw and for me, no comparison there at all. He's he is a good footballer. There is no doubt about that. All right, he's a good footballer. Anyone that I'm not saying he's a bad footballer. He's a great footballer. He is good enough to be at Arsenal. But when people turn around and say he's the best in the Premier League, that means he's overrated for me. He's not the best in the Premier League. Oh, that's no. why he's overrated. I don't think I've heard best in the Premier League no. shouts. Maybe like you have. Not best Scottish because I think I do rate him quite high. Highly defensively, offensively. I think he's got some great leadership qualities as well about him. Um, so, if anything, I wouldn't want to say he's underrated, but maybe he is because you know I think he'd have a lot more. I think he'd have a lot more assists um, and contributions if you know Arsenal could find the back of the net more than once against your your bottom fodder teams. Personally, but I just think, and it's it's hard for me to say this because he's an Arsenal player, but I would love him at Spurs. Um, which, ironically, if if I may, just move on to what I think mm-hmm. is probably the most overrated left back because I've gone for regular. Yeah, yeah I know. I, I I didn't want to go after my own team here, but I just think the stats with Sevilla, the price tag, and and the people still like. I think people still just think, oh, regular. Yeah, he's solid, quick, good going forward defensively. But recently, he. It hasn't been really doing it for me. And I think people are still trying to say, like, oh, he's still very good, but very rarely will he actually play well. Yet people are still saying, oh, he's a good left-back. I think he's a good left-back, but I do think he's slightly overrated by certain people just because 
he got that great um, campaign with Sevilla under his belt, um, and he was at Real Madrid and stuff like that. And I just I'm not I'm not majorly seeing it, and I think a lot of people are slightly overrating him. And I think soon it could be a a Wan Bissaka question of, you know, is he leaning on the the, the precipice of people not rating him, and then he becomes underrated. Um, so it's it's a very fine line to tread, I think. And I think he's just kind of in the middle of it with a lot, with a few people still saying that, you know, he's he's, he's a good left back and he's always a very good left back. So I think he's a good left back. I just I'm not seeing it how other people are seeing it at the moment. Yeah, I mean, you know more about about Spurs than both of us. I, I almost had Reggie on in in my list um, thing because I, I I've not really been that impressed with him. I don't think the game meant ma- ma- meant nothing, but the Aston Villa game he was absolutely disastrous. And I've seen him a few times in, in this this season, and it's just like, eh. But I think obviously Spurs had had a good start to to the season defensively, and that's kind of crumbled in the a little bit as of late. You know, or <laughs> crumbled a lot yeah. as of late. You know, six yeah. six nil loss if you combine the last two. Yeah, um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I kind of agree. I kind of agree actually, because um, especially. Uh, yeah, he's not in that discussion. I think Tierney's a better, better left back than him. Yeah, obviously Robertson Shaw. I'd probably go. You know, the Chelsea boys are probably better as well. Um, so I yeah, like, I don't know. Target um, Dinier above him, if I'm honest. Yeah, Dinier. Yeah, Dinier's I good. Just, I, um, who plays left back for Leicester? Anyone? <laughs> <laughs> Justin. <laughs> I, uh, uh, Justin. Justin it was Justin Thomas. But when he was fit, it was fantastic. I just think he's slowly kind of fallen down the pecking order and. Part of me just wants to see Ben Davis giving a run of games just to see how he does. Oh no, I see Ben Davis back too. Maybe it'll see by regular. What's weird is when you were saying what you were just saying about regular, I was thinking if you can just copy and paste that and just put it but with the name of tyranny over it, exactly what you said. It's just what I think of him with the fact that, you know, I just don't yeah. see what other people see. And, you know, I think obviously a lot more people see stuff in tyranny than they do in regular. But, um, well, it's I, the, isn't it? Yeah. But, yeah. I mean, with Regulon, I've never heard anyone say he's great left-back. I've only heard people sit here and say he's average, so I'm not going to say he's overrated, but I agree with what you're saying. No, he's not. He's, he's a stark difference to the left-backs that I think the rest of the top six and big six sort of, sort of have in sort of yeah. quality in that position. But, but yeah. yeah my, mine's a weird one, and it's probably just going off personal feeling towards the man. Um, I, I think... Unless, don't get me wrong, this guy is doing very well right now. I think Marcus Alonso is a tad overrated right now because the guy is benefiting hugely. And I know this is how football works, but he's benefiting hugely from being in a system that gets everything out of him that he can do. And he's protected by centre backs that are good at defending, something that he is not. So I think he's getting, being right now, being shown, he's having the best run of his career playing left wing back. But if you put him, I don't think he gets in any other top six side. That's how I feel about Marcus Alonso, if we, as long as you don't count. Actually, no, I don't think he gets into any top six. I was going to say as long as you don't count Arsenal, but I think Tierney probably gets in at the same level in a back four. I think in a back five, Alonso is fantastic, but as a left back, I, I don't see it with Alonso being a, a thing I would say Chilwell would always start if he was playing a flat back four. Obviously, the back five hides the limitations that he has, and that's a great, you know, sort of great work from Thomas Tuchel to, to get the best out of it. But I, I don't, I personally don't really rate Alonso, nor do I particularly like I think so I think you're doing. I think he's getting hard done by it. You've just turned around and said, you know, he's he's a, probably not a left back, but he's good in the left wing back position, which is where he plays. He doesn't play. 
left back. So I mean, yeah, uh, probably is overrated as left back because he doesn't play there. If you know what I mean, like. It, but I mean, he has played there a long time in his I, Chelsea I, I, career. I, if I when I was going through looking at what I do for an underrated team, I was going to put Alonso in my in my underrated. <laughs> I honestly, I don't know a lot of people that like him. I'll be honest, a lot of people I, I dislike him, and I've always liked him since he's been at Chelsea. Uh, I enjoy his like his attacking display. He's a very creative, very you know enjoyable person to watch. Yeah, okay, he has massive flaws. He's the opposite to Wambasaki. You know, if you combine them two of the attacking and defensive, they're probably a great individual. But um, he's not great defending. But you know, that's why he's a left wing back. That's why he's not a left back. That's why he got three centre backs behind him. So I'm going to have to disagree with you there, very simply. Reese James. What? Is that Reese James is good at defending on the other side? Or yeah, ask for the question. Sure, like sure. And Reece James, I, play, yeah. Reece James plays sometimes as a right back, but Alonso doesn't play as a left back. Chill yeah, back. I think that that goes to my point of more. He's uh, maybe people aren't saying this. Maybe I'm saying this, and then being like, "Well, <laughs> you're wrong." But he he wouldn't get into the, any other top six teams. Kind of where I'm getting that he's not at that level. So maybe well, not overrated. I think maybe how you feel about Walker is he's not that he's not that guy for for, for general left backs in the league. So. That's kind of where I'm getting at in terms of I don't think he gets in ahead of, of many other players in other systems. But obviously, he's doing a great job under the current system. Under Lampard, he wasn't as good. And, you know, before they, they changed to the back three, which has obviously been a fantastic move as Chelsea can sort of bang on to win the league. Right, so moving on to centre-backs, Kieran, who have you gone for? Who was your pairing of centre-backs? OK, so my, my pairing, um, I'm, I'll scrap the intro for it. I've gone for Victor Lindelof and Michael Keane. Oh, um, that's a great show. Because I've put him in Yeah, I just... I, he's terrible. another one for kind of... Kind of smart. I, I don't know if people rate him, that's the thing. But I yeah. I see... try to like do a bit of research and see who rates what players. It's quite difficult. But, you know, I see Michael Keane consistently starting over the last, you know, three or four Everton managers they've had. And I always just feel panicky at times that he's, he's going to make a mistake. Um, and I've seen him make mistakes. I think the... Southampton go on the opening day of the season was a miscommunication at the back and I think him and Yerry Mina are similar players and they can be a bit rash at times and they just Everton desperately need a centre-back you know who can just calm the place down um, you know I think Keane is kind of similar to Regulon there's a lot of people don't really take notice of whether he's rated or, or not and they'll just say yeah, yeah Michael Keane's a good centre-back whereas I don't I think he's a good centre-back don't get me wrong I just think that Maybe it's hyped up slightly too much, and um, and on Lindelof, uh, I just I just really do not rate him at all. In my in my opinion, I I don't think he's a very good centre back. Uh, I'm not really sure what he has going for him because he's not the most physically imposing. He's not the tallest, so you'd think maybe he'd have more leadership qualities and stuff. But I, I've seen him get caught out of position many times, be at mistakes for goals, and throw his arms up in the air as if to say it's someone else's fault. Um, and you know, especially now when you when you compare the fact that Varane, uh, Champions League winner, World Cup winners in there instead of him, I think that the difference is monumental. Um, and I think you know people still were rating him next to Maguire and saying, "Oh, Lindelof can can go places here," and I, I don't think he's at that level where he can. I. It's a weird one for me with Lindelof. I'll start with Lindelof, obviously, because being a Man United fan, <laughs> um, for a large portion of you know the partnership of Lindelof and Maguire I was very much Lindelof over Maguire there was a massive time when I thought Maguire was the one that was you know shouldn't be in there and then obviously Maguire came into his own you know he's become who he is in Man United now and he's, he's crucial to that defense Lindelof is very much a Manchester United is very much a player in the Man United team that you know 
if you look back at our previous finishes in the league, very much fits that. He's a Man United player, which, you know, is going to get you, you know, in the top six. He's going to get you, you know, you know, third, fourth, maybe fifth, sixth, whatever. He's not going to win you the title. I don't think he's overrated because I don't think many people like him. Maybe by managers, um, yeah. But I don't think many people like him as a player. Um, but for me, you know, I think I think he's a good backup option. But yeah, I, I don't think he's good enough to start in the uh, Man United starting eleven. And obviously now with Varane, definitely, definitely not. Uh, I think one thing that Lindelof has got better at recently, though, and I think he showed it in Euros and both in Man United since he's been playing recently, is his passing range has just been exceptional recently. You know, balls over the top, a bit like when he did, I think he did a week after Cruz did it um, for Real Madrid in the uh, Champions League or whatever, Europa League or something. He just absolutely pulled up a world in. I think he's getting better with his passing range. But yeah, I mean, he's not good enough to be in United starting eleven. I don't think he's overrated. But I mean, if you know people that do rate him, fair this enough. Is the, this, you have to find the common ground of who actually rates them. And, and yeah. I've just personally, I've seen him starting these teams, get given like good match ratings and stuff. Oh, he's done well there. He's done well there. But I just, I think I see the flaws maybe a little bit more than other people do. I don't know. It's just how I see it. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm a massive advocate for Eric Bailly. I think he, if he didn't get injury prone, would be a uh, quality, quality send back. But I mean, not all about him, all about uh, Lindelof. And for me, Lindelof is a decent go- uh, goalkeeper. What am I? Um, <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> decent uh, centre back. Um, good backup option now for Man United. But yeah, we needed a new one and we've got a new one. So, you know. Yeah. I think, yeah, I like that description of Lindelof. Kind of, he'll get you to a point, but not to any any further and he's done all right but yeah I don't think Lindelof's all that great I think probably hasn't been helped by the fact Maguire has done so well both club and for both club and country and obviously Rand comes with a ton of reputation and, and, and sort of resume that you can't argue with I, I agree fully I agree fully with the Michael Keane shout I don't really think he's that great albeit to be fair to him I think he's had some great games I think he's someone that it's probably the opposite of inconsistent in terms of he, he's he's good sometimes, but then a lot of times you, you see flaws. But then maybe I'm guilty as a Liverpool fan of seeing kind of the flaws in defenders, especially Everton defenders, and only kind of catching on and remembering the bad bits. There is a reason why he was he's trusted by people like Sal. He was trusted by people like Southgate and and Rafa Benitez, who you I would trust to build a defence, as, as you've seen. Aside from that Aston Villa game, where it all kind of just went wrong. But yeah, I don't think Keane's that great. I think he got. I, just, I don't think he's all that great. And, and just to move on to, to my one, I have a centre-back. I've got Michael Keane in there. It's another England centre-back. And I think, again, sort of like I said with Wan-Bissaka, the tide's turning in terms of opinion of him. Uh, but I don't think he's he's good enough for, for the England squad, which is where he finds himself in sometimes. And I don't... It's Connor Cody. I, I don't think Connor Cody is that great. I think he's a slow player, cr- crucial, can be prone to a mistake. He's obviously been a huge part of that Wolves back three. But I think we're seeing this season, because Wolves' lack of recruitment in defence, you're starting to see the Connor Cody that was never a centre-back, the Connor Cody that was a holding midfielder for most of his career until he joined Wolves. We're seeing, I, I don't think he's good enough to be in the English squad. I don't think he will be in the English squad now Joe Gomez is back there. I think Esri Conce is better. I think you could maybe argue that Tyrone Mings is, is in a similar book to Cody in terms of his ability, but I, I trust Mings a bit more defensively than I do Cody. And I, I just uh, I personally... Don't really rate him. Uh, you've said uh, you've, I think we talked about this quite heavily when we did the when it was yeah. the squads. And I, I was a big advocate for Conor Cody. It's not gone his way this season at all. It's not gone Wolves' way this this season at all. So I'm not going to you know defend him on on, on the displays of, of this season. But I, I'm a big fan of his. Um, I think he's a good player. I think he's 
he's, I think this is one where I think he's underrated. I mean, I think a lot of the players would fit in my underrated uh, lineup. But yeah, I, I get what you mean. I know a lot of people with the same mindset as you, and I, I know a lot of people with the same mindset as me. So it's once again, it's finding that middle ground. But I can see why people would pick his flaws. But at the same time, you know, I, something about him, I just like it. something about. He's him. a good guy. He's a very good guy. I'll give him that. He's he's a great. He seems like in his interviews he comes across very well. Sorry, I think ahead. I agree with you there, Nick. I think he's a little bit um, overrated at times. I think you you looked at him in the calmness of the back four and thought, oh yeah, he can he can really handle himself well. But I think you know slightly at times in the back four that Nuno played last season, um, he was sometimes exposed for flaws that maybe you didn't see before. Um, so maybe people had got too much on the hype train of him, you know, quite settled in the middle of a back three to now where maybe he isn't necessarily the same player in terms of confidence that he once was. Um, and I think it, a lot of these players are going to be on that fine line of a tide from going from being rated to not maybe kind of dipping in performances and then not being... It, it's very hard to find overrated players. Very yeah. hard. In the Unless Premier League as well. Like that. <laughs> to be overrated, it means I'll break them, but they're bad. But then why would people rate them if they're bad? So you've got to find the players who are like kind of nearing that line, or it, as, as harsh as it sounds, or you just don't like as a player to watch, or to and you don't get the hype around him. Hence, Ollie said about Tierney. That's why it's going to be a bit controversial. Is because it, it's all subjective and how we view it and how other people we've seen view it. Um, but I, I think I think Cody's probably a good shout alongside King. I'd say. Cody hasn't, I mean, one more point on Cody. You know, I will, this is probably a discussion for another time, but Wolves have literally one natural centre-back. Everyone else is midfielders that are converted into centre-backs. Willie Bolly is the only natural guy that can go in there. So the recruitment hasn't helped. And, and you probably will see that with some of the players we mentioned, is they're not helped by the team that they're in. And they're not helped mm. by, by sort of what's gone around. Because it will, it, if you're in a bad system, it will expose, you know, bad, like, you know, when Robertson was playing for Hull, he wasn't a bad player, but he was just in a bad team. And he's obviously been able to show, and you see that a lot of times with players that maybe haven't been able to catch the form, it, uh, like sort of poorer teams in the league. But Oli, who have you got? None of the players we've mentioned seem. So who have you got in centre back? Ben White and Gabriel. Talking about a player that's you know looked bad to a bad team. This is a player that I think it just isn't great. Well, he, he's okay, but he shouldn't be in this team. And you know he's made to look worse by the great players around him. It's, it's uh, my first one's Ake. Um, uh, I don't think now this is an overhyped by fans because I don't know many people which would overhype him. It's more by Pep Guardiola and the Man City board in this instance. I think they overrate him. Forty-one million pounds, massive overrate there. Um, that is a crazy fee for this player who you know just shouldn't be in that Man City team. I don't understand. Is it injuries? I really don't understand how he's continually yeah. been in the back mm. for this season. Um, and I know he scored the other day, so it's probably quite a bad time to have a go at him because you know he's actually been doing okay recently. But for me, I just don't see the hype around him. Um, I know some fans do like him, but more so with the board. What on earth went into forty-one million pound thinking that? I know you know he was meant to be the next big thing, and everyone wanted him, but it just, in my opinion, hasn't worked out great. It's my first one. Um, probably a, this is one I'm thinking could be a bit more. Juicy in sort of discussions. I, I, I'm hopefully I don't get the name wrong. Now I've got James Wazowski. Um, Tark House. Tark House. Yeah. Um, I just. I think he's overrated. He's a good defender for the level he's at and the team he's in. But when people tell and say, you know, oh, he should move to this club, he should move to that club. You know, he'd be great option for us. Or you know, England call-ups and this and that and the other. I just, 
No. He is a good player at where he's at and what he does. But I don't understand the hype about how, you know, he's... So many people say he's underrated, which means they overrate him in my mind because he's perfectly rated where most people see him. I just don't get the hype around him. So they're my two centre-back pairing. Take it as you like it. See, Ake, I'll be, I was on... When Ake was... When Bournemouth got relegated and Ake was available, I was like, Liverpool need to get this guy. Liverpool need to sign him. And it hasn't delivered for him. Obviously, he had that beautiful moment where he scored and what's going on in his private life. And he, he scored a goal. And, and that's fantastic for him. And hopefully, look... You don't want any of these players to be bad for, for a long time, you know. You want Ake to, to do to be his best because he's a very talented defender. I would, as I said, I would have loved him at Liverpool. But I mean, we saw it probably the Community Shield was the, the best example of him kind of not delivering on, on, on opportunity. It's been incredibly hard to get into that City team with Diaz, Stones, Laporte, you know, and then you're kind of there and you're like, you've got to take this opportunity when it's available to you. And he's not been able to do it. So, yeah. Again, it's one of them where, <laughs> this is the case of every player, I don't see him being rated by many, but, I, you know, maybe he perhaps overhyped by Guardiola, but obviously also Guardiola's not going to sit there and go, well, Ake's rubbish, I don't know what player. You know, he's yeah, always going to have that's what I'm saying. I don't think he's necessarily overhyped by many of the public. It's more the fact that, you know, Peps and like, other managers and what they signed him and, and they do actually play him relatively, you know, quite regularly, uh, especially recently. And I just... I think the Community Shield was in a dismal display for him and I don't want to attack him because, you know, it's been pretty hard for him recently. Um, so, nothing against him as a person. But for me, it's just, yeah, I think he's a bit overhyped by the club and, and by some fans. And I just don't see the hype train with Ake. But what do you think on... Uh, well, I'm not going to say his name again. I'm just going to say... On the, yeah, I was going to say on the other one, I think I probably agree more than I disagree. Um, what a I win! There was a spell <laughs> where Tarkovsky and Ben Mee were like, a fantastic centre-back pairing and a very good amount of clean sheets and they were always kind of solid but I think you made a very good point of saying he is a good player for the level he's at um, and the, the shouts of you should go here you should go there you could end up there um, you could or you're in line for an England call-up sort of thing I just I think he's a bit off the mark um, I think people tend to like kind of see him and, and think he's a proper um, centre-back um, I just think at times it can be a bit maybe rash um, and I think I think I'd much rather have Ben Mee than Tarkovsky I just think sometimes people see that Burnley have defended well or kept a clean sheet and think yeah but all he's really doing no disrespect to him just the way Burnley set up is lumping the ball forward heading it away and you know I think in a different different team he's perfect for Burnley don't get me wrong but in a different team where maybe paying out from the back, enjoying more possession, I think he would be caught out. I actually quite I, I like Tarkovsky. I think he's a good, very good defender, a decent, a good defender, but not not very good, but solid defender. But unfortunately, I think the ship's kind of sailed with him. I probably would have been one of those wanting him to move to a bigger team and, and evolve. Probably about two years ago when, when he was really impressive. But again, he's probably Burnley for me are quite a stagnant team. They've not done a lot. They've not really improved. They've not kind of done too much in the window, whether that a lack of finances or, or a, a unwillingness to spend. Um, I'm sure Dyche would have wanted to, to evolve the team to a different level and hopefully with Corne and some of the other players they've brought in, they, they can do that. But yeah, I, I probably now am more inclined to, to agree as well. I think the, the ship sailed for him in terms of being in, in that top half of the Premier League and as much he probably would have suited a Leicester about a year ago, like two years ago, or, or probably maybe even a Tottenham. I think now it's kind of a, a lower lower prem, which obviously is a great level to be at in your career. Um, but 
but I don't see him going any further. Than that. Clean sweep, let's go. <laughs> yeah, no, that was but a good one. Moving on to the two midfielders, we'll go for, we'll, we've all got an attacking, sort of more a ten midfielder, so to speak. Um, and we've also got two sort of more, more central midfielders. So I'll, I'll kick off um, with my first midfielder. And I, to be honest, this might be sort of a bit of ignorance or, or wanting. I think with these two midfielders, it's more actually all, all of my midfielders. It's a case of I rate the player. I just want to see more from them right now. So I think they're a bit over overrated in the sense of people give them all this. They've not justified the credit that they deserve. That they that they've they've been given. They don't deserve the credit that they've been given. So the first one for me is Thomas Partey. I know he's been now injured and he's struggling recently. And and to be fair, that Lukonga guy, I quite like him. I think he's a good player for us and someone that definitely will be should be in the Premier League for a long time in the future. But I, I, when Partey came in and maybe you know my knowledge of the Spanish league isn't the best, I was thinking this guy's class. This is almost like you know this is a very good player coming in from Atletico, but he's not done a lot. And I know in, in his position. In, in the six, he's not going to be the man. But I, I want to just see more from him before you know you give him that world-class tag before you even say he's very good. So I, I want to see more from Thomas Partey. I think there's definitely a very, very good player in there. It's just yet to be unleashed. And hopefully when he comes back from injury, he'll be a different player. It's not, this isn't a overrated, oh, you're so overrated, you're not good. This is more, you know, I believe this player will be rated. I mean, I'll rate him, but right now, he, he's in that overrated bracket. In the, same, in the same way I feel about John McGinn, who's, who's my other choice. I think John McGinn technically is, is a very good player, but has not has struggled to really establish himself. And you see he's linked with £50 million moves to Liverpool, to Man United. But I, I don't see it. it. You know, I think it's someone that has struggled to identify their best role as a central midfielder um, for a long time. I mean, you know, especially next to someone like Douglas Luiz, who, who seems to understand very much what way is required of his role. Um, so, McGinn's another player. I, I rate him. I think he's a good player. But I don't think he's worthy of these big move shouts that he's been getting. And it feels like maybe it's just because he's a homegrown player that people want to, want to be excited about him. He'll be, you know, someone that will help with the quota. Um, but I, I don't necessarily see, like, the player, the, the, this top six John McGinn. I see a good Premier League player, but I don't see, you know, this top six player. So maybe it's more media talk that makes me believe he's overrated. But um, that's, that's who I've gone Thomas Party is the first one we've agreed on. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so I'll start there. Yeah, 50 million euros, uh, whatever that is in, in pounds, you know, 48. A lot. I don't, I don't know, a lot of money for someone, like you said, hasn't really got going yet. And without a shadow of doubt, that guy's got talent. It's in there. It just needs to be unleashed. And uh, when I was actually looking in it, I was like, yeah, you know what? He's a great shot. I thought I'd do a bit of research. And all the articles were rattling and raving about his last performance. So I thought maybe it's a bad time. Apparently he's hit form. Um, I've not seen that. I've not really watched. I don't think I've watched any Arsenal games this season so far. But um, yeah, Party, I agree with you on that one for the first time in this entire podcast, I think. Um, like you said, he's a great player. Or well, we're sure he's a great player. We've not seen it yet. But, you know, you're not at you know a teams like Abbasco, and then you're not at teams like Arsenal if you're not a good player. So it's not the fact that I think he's a bad player. It's just someone I don't think's got going. And to be honest, that's why he's in my team as well. Yeah. Well, do you want me to clean sweep that? Oh, we, we all because I've also got. To, yeah. Party, just before yeah. you move on, yeah, I've got him as well. Um, I think. The articles about him raving right about how good he's been maybe signify that he's overrated because, I mean, who have Arsenal played recently? Norwich and Burnley. You know, I'd expect him 
to be a level above the midfielders in those teams. Um, yeah, I, I, I think Arsenal fans are, I don't want to call them deluded because I think they're fully aware of where they are as a team right now. But Thomas Partey will do one um, fake turn and, and the world will explode with Arsenal fans going to how good he is. He's a good player. He's technically very good. And um, the performance he put in against Manchester United when Arsenal won 1-0 was probably, I'd say, one of the best midfield performances in recent years. It was that good. But that's the problem with parties. You'll get one in five of those in my, from what I've seen and he'll get caught out at times. Um, yet people will still rant and rave about him. Um, so I do, I do think he's... I, I agree with you two and that he's overrated if you want to say you're, you're, who you're partnering with him, Ollie. Yeah. Um, I mean, we've breezed over John again, but I think I guess we all agree with what you... Don't, yeah, yeah, I think... Yeah, Nathan made some good points there about John McGinn. Um <laughs> Yep, so my, my partner is a player similar to Partey, to be honest with you. Um, someone that, I, he's a great, great player. He's, um, you know, he's shown it in the clubs he's had beforehand. But for me, it's just not going. Injuries have really stopped him as well. It's Thiago uh, at Liverpool. Oh, no. For me, who I think is just about overrated. He is a quality, quality player. He is, you know, one of the best Midfielders, you know, when he was going, when he was on form in the world. But for me, the move just hasn't materialised. Like we said here with Partey, he's a great player. There's no doubt about that. But currently, it's not going. So I think he's you know, been a bit overrated. Jarko, as soon as he hits form, he hits dries. And, you know, whether that be a Liverpool or not, he's gonna, I'm not going to be saying this. But at the minute, he can't. doesn't seem to be, you know, get, might be coming more into himself this season. But towards the end of last season, you know, most of his time at Liverpool so far, he's kind of struggled to find his place in the team. Um, and he is a great player. I'm not saying he's not a great player. But for me, right now at Liverpool, it's not working for him. And for me, he's overrated at this current time. Oh, I disagree. Um, I think a lot of, and maybe it is overrated and not in a way that a lot of, it seems like a lot of opposition fans have um, kind of put a lot of expectation on what Thiago is as a player. Oh, he's just assist machine. You know, he does it, he's always assisting. Um, he's not that, he's not really been that player for us, and that's not his role in the team. His role in the team has very much been to, to link things up and keep things ticking and to, to move us forward. And at first, you know, I thought obviously the Chelsea game, he, he looked the class above every single player on the pitch when he arrived. And, and of course, you know, as Liverpool struggled, he struggled a little bit too. But I think towards last season, when we really hit form, and, and you know, it, let's, let's not say also, he wasn't helped by the fact he was playing. In, in, I think he, he started in the six with, you know, whoever we had at centre-back behind him. You know, it wasn't a stable um, defence at the time and he's not a six. We found out very quickly. Um, and he's, I think for me, someone of Caesar, Caesar, he's so important to how we play. He, he came off um, against Palace, I'm pretty sure, and we looked awful afterwards. We, we you know, we, we couldn't keep the ball, we couldn't pass the ball. I think he's someone there that will go under the radar. I think. I probably wouldn't have put him in an underrated team, but I think he's someone that just naturally his style of play, especially in this system, he goes under the radar. So I, you know, I understand why why fans think he's overrated, um, but but for me, he, he's a he's and he's going to continue to be quite a crucial part once he's back fit, a crucial part of this Liverpool team and kind of the new style that we're, we're trying to get at, where we're not this just one hundred percent pressing team, um, and we and we've definitely refined it since last season where. We're, we're now we're we we've got that pressing back and we're doing it smartly, but we're we're also very inclined to keep the ball and, and work with it. So I would disagree with Thiago's overrated, but I do understand why people think that. But I think that's sort of perpetuated from sort of media's the media's expectations of him. 
I probably disagree more than I'd agree with Thiago being over- overrated. I think I think the first season he struggled, um, but then I mean Liverpool did struggle, and that kind of it's very difficult to shine um, when those kind of things are going your way. I think he's probably started this season more of the Thiago you'd expect. I, I watched the Leeds game. I thought he was absolutely superb. It just looks at times when he really hits form that he plays football at a different level to everyone else. You know, he's much more forward thinking and he's just got that football brain, which, you know, is not, you don't find in many people. Um, so I, I think had we been doing this maybe four months earlier, perhaps part before the start of the new season, maybe an overrated 11 for the season, I think Thiago could have definitely been in that. Um, but I think more recently now that the Liverpool team is a bit more settled and players are actually playing in their preferred positions like he is now, um, I, I think he is cu- he's going to come into his own. And I think it's just a matter of time now before we really start to see it consistently week in, week out, just how good he is and how good he was at Bayern, to be I'm, honest. I'm not going to argue with that at all. I mean, like you just said there, if we did it several months ago, I remember when we did the, the transfer window after he joined, we did a little bit, a couple of weeks afterwards, we looked back on the transfer window and I'm pretty sure uh, me and you both, Kieran, said how you know it hasn't worked out and it probably was one of the, not the worst transfer in terms of player, but just the worst in terms of how it's shaped. But now, obviously, like I was saying, it, it, this season, yeah, it's completely different. So I'm, I'll agree with you on that factor. But, you know, what I'm basing this team off of is what I've seen the majority of the time. And, you know, I, I haven't really seen Liverpool much so far this season. It's not been far into the season. Um, but what I've seen of clips, you know, isn't going to change my mind just in a couple of clips over what I've seen for the majority of his career so far at Liverpool. But like I've said, he's a great player and I'm sure by the end of the season, I'll be eating my words. So, you know. Yeah, I mean, uh, just to end the midfield pairings, um, because it's been quite a, quite a mellow discussion point. So uh, let's end it a bit spicy, um, because I think Ollie will know in the conversations I've had with him about this player, I do think he's overrated. Um, so for me, it's Scott McTominay, his partner in Thomas Partey. Um, I just... Sorry? Oh, terrible timing. Go ahead, I'll, I'll leave you two to this one. I'll, okay. I'll have to take a step back. I, yeah, so I'm not going to get fiery, because I can see why people don't rate him. And I hear it, I hear it all the time, but I think for me it's just... You know, he reminds me in ways of, you know, not obviously he's a very different player in many ways, but he's also similar in other ways of like sort of Michael Carrick. And a lot of people kind of didn't rate him as much as I thought they would do. And I like Michael Carrick. I like McTominay. He's that sort of player that I just admire and I like. And, you know, a lot of people do not like him. You don't have to look far on Twitter to see, you know, McFred being hated, both of them equally as much, maybe Fred a little bit more, to be honest. But, I mean, yeah. I'm not. This is not going to be a fiery discussion. So I thought you would have them down. I know your views. You know my views, um, and your view is definitely. I would say, to be fair, I think your view is probably the majority of people. So I, I can understand where you're coming from, but I don't think he's overrated because I think a lot of people actually hate him. Um, but I, I get where you're coming from. But uh, like I've said, I, 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 I think you know. I see enough about him in the way he plays and the he plays with that people think that. He is a very talented and good player. It, it could just be a, a similar scenario to Wamba Saka, where in this Man United team, you know, you know, I think maybe it's more because you see him as a he can play the holding role by himself. Um, I don't think I've seen enough yet for me to agree with that. I think even though Fred recently has kind of struggled in that role, I think he's probably better equipped than McTominay to play in that role. I'd rather McTominay was busting a gut to get forward and back and you know more of a box-to-box midfielder than a holding one. I don't think he's got that patience or at that level to, to play in the holding role and 
read the game and cover the fullbacks um, and certain things like that. I, there's no doubt he's got the energy and the stamina for it. I think that's one thing I can compliment him on is he will give you 100% throughout the 90 minutes he plays for. That's just a given. Um, I just think that, you know, perhaps some people, you know, pundits, media are like more so than fans, um, just kind of hype him up a bit more than is necessary. Um, I didn't expect it to be this calm, I'll be honest. I, 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 suppose, I suppose if you think he's not overrated, it kind of like, yeah, there's no yeah. real... Yeah, so to, to be fair though, in one more, just one more thing from me on that subject. I, I'm going to... I agree with everything you're saying because I do not see him in the position that I think many people... Like, like in the way that he plays, if you know what I mean. So that sort of holding midfield role, that is not the position I see McTominay. He is a box-to-box. We've seen it from his goal-scoring threat, the way he gets forward and he's on the edge of the box waiting for it and he just, you know, he's running about. And I completely agree with you. He is misused. In the same way Fred is. Fred is not, you know, he's, he's a box-to-box as well. You see it in their style. They are misused players. So we, we can talk about that all day. They are misused because United do not have the player to play in that position. So they're making the best of what they have. But I think if you had someone like Kante dropped in that and you had McTominay playing in that box-to-box, he'd be an absolute revelation and everyone would absolutely love him. So I completely agree with what you're saying. He is misused. And in that way, yeah, you can say he's overrated. But... Um, I don't think people like him very much, so I don't think he's rated. So I don't think you can be over it. Yeah, I think it's more. I'd say it's more rival fans who perhaps don't like him. I think yeah. United are pretty high on him. I'd say. But I, I agree with what you're saying. He, he is mis. He's not in the way you're saying he's misused. He isn't the player. He's playing, but that's not his fault. He can do what he does there, and he shows yeah. that he's a player. And in that way, he's a, he's a good player. But that that was very calm. The midfield it, very calm. To be honest. It's all very calm, isn't it? Who, who have we got in the 10 then? Who's the attacking midfielder that, that we don't believe is, is as good as this day? I could many spice believe. it up a little bit. You... Yeah, I, could spice, I can spice it up and I can just chuck a £100 million man called Grealish in. Um... Oh, no. <laughs> do that. There we go. Yeah, no, Grealish is my man. That, that is dead serious. Um, Grealish for me is a great, great player. Um, but he, when you have a £100 million price tag on you, you need to be world-class, you need to be Ronaldo, Messi or something like this, which, which he is not. So, once again, it's... He's English. He's English and he's, he's very good. Yeah, <laughs> you, can, you can claim England double price tag all day long. I am not disputing here. He is a quality player. He is a quality player, but in the same way, if we jump back a couple of podcasts ago, I turned around and said, Fancy, before they signed him, I said, they signed Grealish, they get a great player. They get great players all over their team that they've already got. You sign Kane, he changes that team. For £100 million, you need that to happen. Grealish, for me, doesn't do that. He's a great player, no doubt. He could walk into any of their big six teams. But for me, in the way that you know everyone thinks he's done to change Man City up, and everyone sees him as you know the missing piece in that jigsaw for Man City, he isn't. You know they have De Bruyne, they've got Bernardo Silva, they've got all these players. The missing jigsaw is you know Harry Kane, and so for me, he's overrated in the sense that I think people expect too much of him going into this Man City team. And you know, I don't think he's worth 100 mil. I don't think any player is really worth 100 mil. But if you're going to pay 100 mil, you need to be getting someone like you know Prime Ronaldo when he's younger. In my personal opinion, but like you said, England, an English player does that. For me, it is the whole point that I think so many people look at Grealish and they're expecting so much more of him because they overrate him so much, thinking he's going to change his Man City team. If you're going to change that Man City team, you're incredible because Man City is an incredible team. No one's just going to walk in there and change that. So for me, he's an outstanding player, no doubt. But 
I think he's overrated in the sense that people can expect too much of it. I think any world class player that's English and, and well, because I think Jack Reed is well, I disagree, not like passionately, but I, I do disagree. I think Reedish is a world class player, and look, any world class player benefits any team. Um, and he's another one. I think we, we're yet to see him fully in his stride, and he's already been pretty good. Um, he's one of those players for me that just is, is fun to watch, is beautiful to watch in terms of how he is as a player with the ball at his feet. You know, I love, I love kind of that. Something I love about Kane as well, the ability to win fouls. I know free kicks from 30 fouls that don't make football brilliant, but I love that, just that kind of streetwise ability to be able to, to win a foul. I just love the way he plays. So I disagree. I don't, obviously, we could, I think every player, if you go off their feet, and I've probably been guilty of doing it here as well, um, if we go off their feet, I'll probably overrate it because millions shouldn't be spent on, on human beings to, to kick a ball. But in, in the market, is in British, and in a marketing sense, you know, it's not a bad sign and he's a name that people might want to go watch, obviously. You know, a lot of people, especially, you know, both genders are very attracted to Jack Greenish. So, you know, he, he brings a face that people recognise um, and people want. And so I think I think, I think, he's, I think he's a great player. I think he's a great song for Man City. And I think he's really good. So I, can't, I don't disagree in like, a, what are you saying? This is disgusting, but I, I, I disagree. Yeah, I probably disagree as well. I think more than I agree in this case. I just, I think for a start, I think the role and responsibility he's had or been given since he's joined Man City is very different to the one he had at Aston Villa because, you know, the spotlight was on him. He was the captain. He was the, the homegrown talent, the player that would drive them up the pitch, get them goals. What's that? You've got the ball. Look up, find Grealish. I, he, you know, if you look up in your Rodri, you've got Bernardo Silva, De Bruyne, Grealish, Sterling, Mares all in front of you. You pass to any of them and they'll do something with it. Um, so I think it's just another world-class attacker that they brought into their ranks that, you know, I think I, I look at the players that they'd have that would play out on those wings. You know, Ferran Torres is playing more centrally now, but if you compare Mares and Sterling, I think that they probably like to, to get in behind a bit more and probably similar to more to Mares than Sterling is Grealish will just run at players and take them on. You saw his goal against, I can't remember what who it was, but it wasn't the first goal because that was the, the lucky ricochet off his knee, but where he took it past three players and bent it in the corner. Exactly what you wanted. That's one of the five snails they have. Was it Norwich? I mean, it was Leipzig, one of those... wasn't it? Norwich was the lucky one. Then. Oh, it was Leipzig. Yeah, Leipzig. Uh, thank you. Um, yeah, kind of one of those goals. I think he is a world class player, like like Nathan said. A um, hundred million price tag is too much for anyone. Um, you know, football money is ludicrous, but I mean, that's kind of where we are right now. Um, but I, I do think that I, I do rate him very highly. Um, and, you know, perhaps even if he doesn't get the assists and goals, You'd expect that price tag to get. I think his impact on a game um, would 100% be missed if it wasn't there. So I, I do, I do think he's. I don't think he's overrated. He probably leans more on being overrated than underrated, but he's just kind of in that middle ground for me. I think I, I can, I can see where both of you are coming from. But for me, it's sort of that people expect, you know, the same effect in a way. I think that. That he had at Aston Villa, and I think you know this goes down probably fair just to highlight the sheer insane depth that Man City. But I think if you take out Grealish, yeah, you lose Grealish's abilities, but I I don't think that team gets really any worse because you just can chuck in another world class player. So I think people are just expecting maybe a little too much and expecting you know like you said when they look up to look for Grealish, and and in that sense for me I think he's a bit overrated by the fans that they're still expecting a little bit too much when he goes into that new team. But anyway, moving on. Uh, what have one of you got? 
Uh, I'll I'll go first. Uh, I don't think there's much in his setup. Mine. I don't know. He, I, he's a good player, and again, he kind of fits this category of midfielder. So I just want to see more from him. But I feel like he he, he struggled with injury, and 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 he, I don't think he's done particularly brilliantly. So I know he had a fallout with the manager, or allegedly did. And that's James Madison. I can't. I want to see more from James Madison, and and I don't see him as kind of this England number. When people saying people were saying Madison needs to be in England, I was probably one of the people that was like, no, he doesn't. Like he's just not as good as the players we have, and I, I need to see more from him. If he's going to truly earn, you know, sort of that top six, because Leicester are probably the closest team to being established in the top six or the big six, so to speak. And I, I just want to see more from him, but I was, you know, I, he's he's going to find himself out of the team at Leicester and then kind of not struggling to deliver on that potential that we that we thought we'd seen and the ability he does have, as as we've seen at Leicester. But as of late, I think he struggled a bit to maybe because it's because of the injuries or, or lack of faith from, from the manager or, or whatever it is. I just don't think he's as good as people made out. And I think he's one of them, another player that is, has been on a decline recently, but hopefully kind of similar to someone that could have been mentioned a, a couple of years with Deli Ali is, is going to find his way up and, and back to the form he was once at. Well, Nathan, I'll, I'll make this quite easy because I've also got James Madison. Uh, I think my biggest point for it as well was the, the conversation of should he be in the England squad? Uh, no, he shouldn't have been. Uh, he's a fantastic attacking midfielder on his day. He's one of the best uh, in the Premier League, but I don't think we see that day enough. Um, you know, I, I think, as we saw with kind of the provisional squad and the fringes, I'd have put Jesse Lingard ahead of him and informed Jesse Lingard after the West Ham spell. Um, and then obviously you've got Grealish and players like Foden and Mount who, who get themselves into the squad um, through their own merit. James Madison, yeah, is another player who when Leicester were really kind of pushing for the, these places um, in around the top four, him and Jamie Vardy were a lethal combination. It seems like Vardy's carried that on, um, but Madison is, has struggled slightly, yes, with injuries and fallouts and stuff like that. And I, I'm desperate to see him rediscover that form because oh, I think he's a player that is very fun to watch um, in terms of his ability from dead ball situations and you know, I don't think we see enough goals from him recently anyway, and I'd like to see that improve. And then that way we can talk about him being rated again. But I do still think that, you know, some may overrate him slightly, um, just off past merits more than anything else. And I, I agree with both of you. I, if I didn't put Grealish, it was going to be Madison. So he could have had a yeah. clean sweep because for all the reasons you said, fair. And part of me also nearly put the other, um, or, you know, Madison was a target for us. Part of me also nearly put, um, you know, the person they did get with um, Odegaard, because I think he's a bit, a bit overrated as well. He hasn't really hit the form that many people probably thought he would do. But who have we got as our winners? I guess, uh, Kieran, do you want to kick us off with this one? Yeah, do you want both or just the one? Go go with both. Give us your, your combo. Who's down or and who's down? Right. I, I, don't get me wrong, I rate both these players. Um, but based off kind of similar to Maris, Madison, past merits, and also other players um, that are considered in this category with a certain player. Um, so the first of that in terms of numbers, uh, I've got Richarlison. Um, I, just, I just don't think that... I think he's a very good player, don't get me wrong. Um, but I do think that he's struggled recently and people are still, you know, saying, oh, Richarlison is is up there and you think about that move to Barcelona that could have happened but never materialised and I do think that's um, ludicrous personally I think his, his attitude maybe slightly is holding him back uh, the game against Burnley I watched um, you know you could see him annoyed about coming off despite the fact that his team were 3-1 up 
Um, obviously, yeah, you want to get that goal, but as every player will say in interviews, oh, yeah, I'm happy to get the goal, but it's more about the three points. You know, it's the classic line um, that's driven into you probably on the first day of, of, a, of uh, being answered, uh, asked questions by the press. Um, I, I'd like to see just more from him. Again, I think Dominic Calvert-Lewin has taken the reins of the goals um, and I'd, I'd just like to see a bit more from Richarlison, especially now that Hamas Rodriguez has left and, you know, the spark he had for, for so long in, in front of goal and, and setting up teammates uh, at the start of last season. Um, I would really, really hope that he can come into his own again and kind of show the numbers that he once had. You know, maybe, I'm not quite sure what is his preferred position because at times he was playing as a central striker, but more recently has kind of been on the left of, a, of either a front three or, or a midfield three. Um, I just want to see more from him. Um, and on the other side, um, I've seen this player get put in the, the categories of of your Greenwoods and your Fodens, and I just don't think he's quite at that level. And that's Bukayo Saka. Um, I, I think similar to maybe Tierney, um, he is a fantastic player, and for his age, he is he's superb. And the criticism he received after the Euros was was horrific, and no player deserved that, especially the contributions he gave us in that tournament. Um, I just think that <clears throat> in terms of Foden and Greenwood, um, I think they are probably just a level above him. Um, and maybe he's slightly overrated again by Arsenal fans because in a bad team, he is a very good player and he'll stand out more because he's then surrounded by players who maybe aren't on his level. Um, I, I want him to succeed so, so desperately because he seems like such a nice guy. Um, obviously, he does play for Arsenal. So, I mean, if he could avoid playing well this weekend, that would be superb because I'd have to eat my words then if he if he put, puts in a wonderful performance. Um, but I do think that it's not just for him to be in the category of Foden and Greenwood because I do think that those two are just a level above and maybe perhaps that makes him overrated um, because many people probably consider him in on par with those two and I, I just don't. I think it's an interesting one. I, I agree with you and Richarlison um, 100%. It's you know, similar to Alonso. It might be personal bias. I don't really like Richarlison. I think, you know, I don't like his attitude. I was thinking he might be a lovely guy off the pitch. But on the pitch is where I see him. Like, I don't necessarily like what I see. I was at the Brighton game where he, he threw a fit about not taking the penalty um, for Cavalier. Mm. And even in the celebrations, he looked like, you know, a kid that had been dragged along to shopping. It was, it was you know, really poor. For, and, and obviously, you know, Brock, they went on to win the game. It didn't affect his performance afterwards. He's a good player. But again, like you say, Barcelona, and, and he's been heavily linked with a move to PSG. I mean, he, I just don't think he's that level. I don't think he's, you know, this 70 million to 100 million pound player at all. You know, I think he's a good player, a good Premier League player, and, and that is no mean feat. He's, he's a very important player to Everton. But, you know, I think Demar Gray's come in and, and kind of outperformed him. You know, I think um, Calvert-Lewin, while not the greatest striker ever, has, has really done wonders as well, especially first half of last season, did struggle towards the end. But yeah, I agree with Richarlison um, 100%. And Saka, I feel like with him, he's one of the players, he's so young, people forget because there's so much pressure on him. I mean, everyone knows he's a young player, but there's so much pressure on him to deliver um, regularly for Arsenal in a team that isn't bad, doesn't have a lot of attacking structure, um, a team with no real solid defence. You know, it's it's... And hopefully that's going to change for them because they're obviously three clean sheets, as I mentioned previously. But I feel like a lot of pressure has been put on Saka to be like this, the man. And, and you know, Greenwood's not got that pressure at United. Foden's not got that pressure at City. So in a way, I do kind of agree that he's overrated. But 
definitely, obviously, nowhere near his fault. You know, it's not his fault that he he was a standout in the team. Yeah, I sympathise. So it like reiterate the point of like a fantastic player and not so good team, which is why the pressure's there, which is why at times, yeah, you'd consider him a bit overrated because of who he's surrounded with. Um, but no, yeah, I, no, I, I see where you're coming from totally. I, mean, so I think obviously he's under the spotlight a lot, isn't he? You know, mm. when, when Arsenal play, he's, he's, the, he's the guy you look for, for for Arsenal to do something. And there's players in that team. And that, when we get onto to my wing, you know, there, there's a player in that team that should be doing more completely. And you know, I don't if Oli has anything to, to say on the, the Saka and Saka and Richarlison picks before before we get into my my right wing. Um, yeah, I just to say on on Saka. Um, it's kind of a reverse for me. Before the Euros, I, I thought he shouldn't have gone. I, I thought it was a bad pick by Southgate. He wasn't in my team, uh, and then I watched him play, and and I understood why. So um, for me, it's kind of. The other way around, I thought he was overrated. Now, now I don't. Um, I can see totally what you mean. Well, sorry, if you think he wouldn't that be the right way around with him now being in the spotlight? You've seen how good he is, but then he gets pushed a bit further. Whereas before, you didn't no, think he should be in. No, before I you thought, no, before I didn't rate him at all. So I thought everyone else was overrating him. Now oh, I'm right, okay, and okay. I realise the talent he is. I didn't rate him enough, and I think people were rating him superbly well. And I think he's a great, great, great quality player. Um, so for me, it's kind of the, the reverse to, to what you're kind of seeing. Um, so I don't agree, but um, I can understand where you're coming from. He definitely has a lot more pressure than the likes of Foden and Greenwood. So I can definitely see what you mean. Um, but yeah, he, he's, he's a great player. Who have you got then, Nathan? Uh, I, I don't think this player is actually rated, which, which makes it hard for me. And I'm going to be hypocritical here because you know we've, I've said about the fees and it's not really anyone's fault that they're, they're But, you know, so is it 72 million or something crazy like that? For, for Pepe, for, for Arsenal. I mean, he's just not delivered. And I feel like they're going through kind of what Liverpool fans went through with Naby Keita. And actually, Naby Keita's had a very good start to this season and not being injured, which is, is a great fit. But you, you go through that, say, and then every season, I think he's, this is season at Arsenal now. And, and every the start, he, has a, he had a poor first season, but you know, he's just adjusting, he's getting used to it. This season is Pepe's season and it doesn't happen again. And then he does well with a little bit in pre-season. And then again, flat as to deceive. And I don't think he's a player that is universally rated at all. But for 72 million, you've got to see more from him. So I think he's, and the fact that he still remains in the team, in that sense that he's overrated from a foot. Obviously, I don't see him in training. Maybe he's one of those players that, you know, the Soldado effect, you know, where he's brilliant in training, but as soon as he touches the pitch, it goes away. Um, but I just think he's overrated in terms of the position he is in in regards to not the general public opinion. And I don't think many people disagree that he, he's not very um, well well received. But I just think he, for the fact that he's a regular Arsenal, he's over it and he has to do more. And I want him to do more, you know, because I don't like players to flop, you know, especially when they come with a big price tag that's not their fault at all. But I, I need to see more from, from Nicola Pepe. And, and maybe this season, Pepe season, or, or like Naby had to wait, you know, four seasons, that's, that's, that's when it's delivered. Maybe. I don't think many people rate him, if I'm honest. And that's why probably I couldn't really put him into this team. Um, I mean, I can't really say more than that, if I'm honest. I did, but that's just just from what I've seen, you know, with the price tag and what he's delivered. And I, I think his biggest criticism is like kind of that final delivery or shot and stuff. And it seems like he takes it one way and then the other, then the other. And you, by the time that's he's diddles around with the ball a bit too much. Um, 
but and yeah, to still be a starter in the Arsenal team is a, a bit bewildering at times when you think about you know his contributions that he has had, which is kind of minimal when you include the price tag as well. Which again, like you said, is is through no fault of his own. Um, but I don't. The reason I didn't put him in there, and I did think about it, was because I don't think enough people rate him. For him to be overrated. That's right, I just I struggled with <laughs> winger. Yeah. Think about maybe Traore. But then I don't know people rate because of the lack that, of them. Well, well, maybe Oli's got him, so I don't know if he does or not. Pepe was um, one of my other Arsenal that I was going to put in and then realised, oh, crap, I've, I've already used my three with Tyranny, um, Ramsdale and Partey. So, so he's not in there, but he was once, like you, no fault his own. It was sort of price tag and you pay that money, you know, you expect something big and, and overrated him. Traore was another one that um, I didn't really put in there because he's a weird one. He's a really exciting player to watch. I love watching it. To be honest, I, I really do. But... He's a really exciting player to watch, and he's a great player. He's an absolute, he's the human Hulk. But there's something about him which I just feel like there should be more. I think it's the end product. There needs to be something more. Hundred percent. And there isn't. 100%. And I feel like people like hype him up so much, and I feel like the hype can only go so far unless you actually have the end product to go with it, or you know, assist to go with it. And, you know, stats, stats, stats. You know, he just doesn't have them. He's not on. He's not one of my two, though. Anyway, um, did you say? I think quickly touching on Traore. Quickly touch on Traore. I think the proper reason I think he's overrated. Probably maybe a few people do is that because he's the vocal point of that Wolves team. It's not probably not to do with opinion as such, but he's the man you rely on for you to get the goals, and he's just not been capable of that. But that I mean, he, I, as I say, he's so fun to watch. But if he if he could score goals and assist goals, he might genuinely be world class. That's that's oh, the, I think that's the most frustrating thing about. He'd have I think maybe he's a frustrating. Thing. Yeah. Imagine. Who was your second one, Nick? Barry Charles. Oh, okay. You have Charles. Oh, you, you agree? Okay, nice. Okay. Well, this is I, I hold it back to be the last one for a reason because it's a clean, uh, sweep, it's a clean sweep for Charleston, but I put him as my striker because you know he plays all a bit. Oh, of, okay. So, so I thought I'd hold it back instead of going there. So that's my striker. We've talked about him. Let's do my wingers. Although, to be fair, the first person, the last person I say could also be the striker, which I very nearly did just think, I'll just put Richardson on the wing and put this one <laughs> up front. But I thought we would just do all my ones. So I'm going to go with my, so we've done my striker. Uh, Zaha is one of them for me. Um, he is a quality player. He's a great player. You know, for many years, uh, I, well, the last couple of years, we've been like, oh, Man United buying back could be amazing. But I feel like his moment might have gone. Um, and for me, I think it's similar to, you know, I've said so many times today, they're kind of, they're good where they are. He is probably, he is better than Crystal Palace. So there's no doubt about that. But when everyone's said, you know, go to Arsenal, go back to Man United, he's not that good. He isn't. He's a very good player, but he isn't that good. I could see him maybe, you know, you know, not necessarily in these teams, you might not work on the, the tactics, but, you know, the, the types of, you know, West Ham or Leicester, you know, pe- teams that are bigger than Crystal Palace, but are smaller than Man United, than the Arsenal and stuff like this. So for me, he's overrated in the sense that everyone thinks he should be getting these, these massive money moves to things. And also the club overrate him. No one is paying £80 million for Zaha. Number one, he's, he gets injuries quite a lot. And number two, he just isn't that good, and so that is why he's one of my overrated players. And the other player, which I did nearly put up front, just so I could say with Charleston, is, um, oh, it's going to be painful, this one for me, is Marcus, Ra- Marcus Rashford. Oh, um, I thought you wouldn't be able to pronounce it. No, no, it's painful because I'm saying a Man United player. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, 
oh, it's so annoying. Because oh, you, you just want him to pass or shoot at the right time. I just so. want him, you know, I want him to be the player that he was when he came on stage. And I'm really hoping it was the injury and that he's been so relied on for so long and played so consistently that he just needed a rest. He needed this operation. You come back and he'll be the person that we all know he can be. He's a great person, you know, on and off the pitch. But on the pitch, I think at the moment, last couple of games, you know, probably half of last season, to be honest, he just wasn't good enough. I would put, you know, um, you know, right now, it, well, obviously now Sancho, but I would have put Pogba out wide with um, Greenwood on the other wing and Cavani up front. He would have been on my bench because he just isn't good enough in the current vein of form he's in. And this vein of form has been lasting for too long now. We cannot keep turning around and saying how, you know, he's this world-class player who should be starting week in, week out. He shouldn't, and he shouldn't be starting for England. I know a lot of people said, you know, why he even Tyrone said he wouldn't have gone to England if he, you know, he would have got the operation earlier if he knew he wasn't going to play this much. But he doesn't deserve to play that much because I'm a massive fan. I'm a Man United fan. I'm a massive fan of his. I watched his debuts on basically every single one of them. I saw him, you know, when he came on the stage, and I, I was mesmerised by him. And I'm sure, and I'm, well, I'm, I'm hoping that this operation will bring him back to, you know. The, uh, the glory days he had really early on. But for me, he's died down, his, his flame is, you know, he's getting dangerously close to going really stagnant, to be honest, in my mind. And that might be a step too far, but uh, it's just infuriating to watch him. I think he probably fits that bill of frustrating player as well, kind of where Traore is in kind of that, you, you can do more, please do it, rather than, you know, he's necessarily, he's as, as a Liverpool fan, even I like Marcus Rashford, I think he's, He's a fantastic human being and one of the most important people in football in that sense. But yeah, on the pitch, it is he has flattered to deceive and it, you just get frustrated with his decision-making and it's not at the best. And, and you, neither of those Man United wingers, I mean, probably if we was doing this last year, I'd have put Martial on his overrated list. But I think it's obviously got to a point where, where he's kind of far gone now. He's Yeah, mm. but, but Rashford is in that kind of overrated, but... Do many people rate him territory? Um, I see a lot of United fans kind of not really liking him. But I think it's just his decision-making. And if, hopefully, uh, I mean, I obviously, I, I, I need Man United to not be very good. But if I, I was to pick a player from, from United to be good, it would be Rashford. Because I think he he just, he would be, it'd be such a success story for him to do real well. I wanted him to, to be the man to, to win us the Euros. Unfortunately, it didn't turn out that way. But hopefully it is the injuries that are holding him back. I mean, he's got a great mentality two years while injured. You know, that, that shows that he, he wants it and he wants to play and he wants to help. But maybe it was probably just much an overload. In that United team, there was not a lot of rotation. It's a lot of games. I mean, we saw Fernandez get tired and so, I mean, you see how good he is when, when he's fully fit now. So hopefully for, for his sake, it's, it's a case of um, just too much too soon with the injury. And I mean, look, if it gets worse, then look what alone move did for Jesse Lingard. You know, it's not got to that point yet, but if it continues to go downhill, then maybe a change of scenery for even just the season could could be what's needed. In terms of Zaha, I, I, I think that similar to what I said with Tarkowski, I think he's kind of far got his, his moment's gone now, as, as you said. I think that is probably about two years too late. Um, he's a fantastic player. Palace overrating for a reason because he's very good and very important to how they play. They don't want to sell him, but need to sell him. Um, and, I, and I like how Zaha's going to look in this new new Palace team. I think he's going to be very excited. I think he's going to give a lot of fullbacks help, you know, with a more intent attacking intent, like it's Conor Gallagher. When when Eze comes back, that's going to be be really fun. Elise, Eduard, you know, Palace look exciting. You know, we saw it against Tottenham. 
we saw it. We saw it against Liverpool, you know, it was 3-0, but it was one of the hardest fought 3-0 wins. You know, Klopp said it himself, it was one of the hardest 3-0 wins he's ever had. So, Palace looking, and I'm about to see Zaha in this team, but in terms of being linked with, with the top teams, uh, yeah, I agree, I agree in that sense. Yeah, I, I, on um, oh, Marcus Rashford, I, I think when he does come back from that injury, I don't want to call it a make or break kind of six months for him, but I mean, it could well be that because um, I, I'd argue that you, you, well, you said for half of last season, he probably wasn't all that, but he still managed to rack up, you know, a certain level of goals and assists. But I mean, I think had he made certain decisions differently, I could have been double that in some areas. Um and yeah, a lone move could do him some real justice, but I think there's only so long you can go on saying, oh, he's just in a bad brain of form, you know. I mean, how, I know there's not a time frame on bad brain of form as such, but, you know, you know you're know, you looking at four or five months, it's not really a lack of confidence as such. So I think you'd have to hope that it is that, that injury. Um, so people are probably still rating him. And then I suppose compared on recent displays, you could argue that that would deem him overrated. Um, and then on Zaha as well, um, yeah, Tarkovsky again, similar sort of situation there. Um, he, he caused Tottenham a lot of problems when we played them, as pretty much every Palace player did because we were awful. Um, and, and I do think that he's kind of settled into that role himself now and probably understands that it's probably not going to happen for him anymore and that he does need to make the best of, not necessarily a bad situation, but the situation that he's, he's just found himself in. So... I, I think I, I probably disagree more than I'd agree with Zaha being overrated because I think a lot of people now probably understand that he's not at that level anymore, so you don't necessarily rate him as much. Um, but he was definitely one, or both Both those probably definitely came into my thoughts for, for wingers. Um, obviously, you've done your striker um, with Richarlison, so Nathan, um, top end of your pitch, who, who are you going for? Okay. Um, I had I had another guy in mind who came to my mind doing this thing, but I'm not going to go with him just in case you do, and I, I can get involved with that. Um, but I'm going to go with someone again. I mean, he plays for us, and we, it's a Bamian, but it, it's a tough one because he's he's someone again the tides turned on what people think of his ability, um, especially Arsenal fans of saying this guy's not fit to lead the line anymore. You know, he is getting on in age. You know, he I mean he's by no means young in life terms, but he's young in, in, in he's old in football terms, um, and he. He's just struggled to, to regain that form that saw him be, I think it was joint top goal scorer with Salah and Kane or something like that a couple of years back. And he's just not been very good. I mean, he, he scored a hatch against West Brom's under 23 team, but that's not going to tell you anything. And while there is a great striker there, I just struggled to see it. And, and to be honest, even before when he was in good form, I always thought he went, he struggled in big games. And, and when, you, when you're playing for a team that is pushing for Champions League, at that time they were anyway. Um, that, that you need your strikers to turn up in the big games, you know, in, in those moments that define your season. And that, that I think it kind of fits into where Arsenal's mentality has been. I think he kind of summarises Arsenal in the last few years. Good players that don't have the mentality to succeed in those high, high-pressure situations. So so maybe he's not actually overrated, he's not rated now, but uh, for me, he's, he's overrated in the sense that he's not the man for, for Arsenal's problems. And finding a 20-goal season striker is hard, but... He isn't the man for that. And I think Arsenal could probably go out and, and attempt to do better than him. And that's five. That's my fifth Arsenal player that was going to be in my team. <laughs> <laughs> I actually had Aubameyang slash Lacazette. I had either one of them. I was like, I was like, who knows? So really, I had six. But yeah, um, I agree with you. He's, um, 
like you said, maybe he is an overrated because people have come to accept the fact that, you know, he's not the man he was several seasons ago. But it's, it's so weird. It's kind of like he's just dropped off the face of the earth so quickly. Similar, to be honest, in this way that like sort of like Joe Hart did, like overnight. It just kind of just changed. It's not at Joe Hart's, obviously dropped now but Aubameyang for me you know one minute he was their starting striker scoring goals left right and centre and the next minute he was you know on the sidelines and the fans were, were turning against him so it, it is very strange but I mean Arsenal have a history of that with Ozil and stuff like this so I don't think it should be a surprise I mean he practically won them the FA Cup um, you know he, he and he scored both or one of the goals in the semi-final and then scored the winner in the final um, so to go from that to kind of complete obscurity which he kind of found himself in last season where he would just wasn't scoring just didn't really I don't want to reference it like this but you know the big talking point of that summer was will Aubameyang sign a new contract and when he did you know understandably Arsenal fans and me myself were thinking that's a great that's probably that's almost a new signing it felt like because of how good he'd been but um, similar to what happened to Spurs with Adebayor when he was playing for a contract he was fantastic the minute he got that contract, he was not fantastic anymore. Um, and Aubameyang is is kind of in that boat at the moment. And this is going to be a big season for him now, I think. Fans back. Um, I believe he's still club captain. Um, maybe not someone you consider for that role. But it, it would make sense considering that when you look to the big moments, you, you'd look to him to, to provide you um, with the answer. Um, he hasn't been able to do that more recently, but... I would have thought he will on Sunday. Watch him score a hat trick now. Um, just, just Spurs <laughs> his luck. Really. Another three <laughs> nil. Uh, no, but I, I don't think he really entered the thought for me just because um, I don't really rate him anymore. Uh, I think it's <clears throat> similar to maybe Rashford. It's been too long a bad vein of form to consider. Or is he teetering on that line anymore? Or is he just not that good anymore? Um, and this was the strike position was quite hard for me so I, I didn't really want to say anyone because I feel like if you score goals you know your Wilsons your Bamfords your Dominic Calvert-Lewins uh, Ings you're a good striker so I can't really call you overrated um, mm-hmm. I've, I've settled on someone um, which I think is probably quite accurate in my opinion um, so I've gone for Neil Morpé um, I, I just think based on the XG, the expected goals, Brighton's had them finishing about 6th, 7th. They created the chances and, and they wanted more pay to finish them and he didn't. Yeah, I think people still consider him, I do as well, a very good player. Uh, I just question him as a striker and whether or not he has the capabilities to kind of drive what Graham Potter's mindset is at that Brighton team into the top half of the table. You know, you've seen the start they've had already, which is a tremendous start and he has scored goals. Um but I, I do think that his his overall game leads a lot of people to think that he is slightly overrated in that, you know, you, you, when you look at him play um, and it, his runs in behind and a lot of the time and you do see it in certain spells that a very good player. But I just I just wanted to put himself about a bit more and get in the right place for to finish goals um, because he's got so much ability. Um and with the Brighton team as well, that seems to create chances. And now, obviously, with uh, Mark Cucurella as well, I mean, that's only surely going to increase. Um, so I really want him to do well. Um, but I, I do think that maybe perhaps slightly people overhype him just a little bit, just on kind of, i.e., price tag and, and 
what they've seen in his overall game that maybe doesn't include goals, which at the end of the day, as the kind of main striker, main vocal point, is is what you'd expect him to do. I can keep it short and sweet because I have no real um, opinions on him. So <laughs> this is, you know, he, he is what he is. He's for me, he's you know a Brighton, a Brighton striker. You know, you're not going to get. You get what you pay for, really, in sort of a Brighton can afford. And they score goals here and there. They get, you know, what, 10, 12 goals, whatever, an OK return. And it is what it is. So, for me, I don't overrate him. I don't underrate him. He is what it is. So, like we said before, it's it's very opinionated, this this podcast. So, my opinion is flat, really. It's just... Invalid. Yeah, just, it <laughs> yeah no, I'm all by... He's a good striker. He's a, he's a good... But I, I do agree, you know, I mean, if Brighton had had delivered the amount of, of goals they could have, they'd have comfortably been a top-half team. A lack of a clinical striker. And you, and you do think if they could have pushed harder for Eduard in, in the summer, you know, they could have, because it was affordable for them, you know. And while, you know, he's, he started the season well, he is someone that probably does need to, to put it together more for Brighton. And, and that's probably been their biggest problem is scoring goals. And, and, and it looks to be something that is kind of fixed. You know, more people are chipping in now. And so, so you... Yeah, I don't think he necessarily overrated, uh, but I, I completely hear your point. I think he's just kind of on the level of, of like a rated player. And the same how, way how I feel about Tarkovsky, really. Just kind of, yeah. you're not, he's not going to do better than Brighton. Um, he's, he, he'll, you know, he'll be uh, for the rest of his uh, prime. I think he's in it. He's 25, 26. Um, mm. he'll, he'll, be, he'll be in the lower half of the Premier League or the equivalent to that in, in, in other leagues. So, yeah, he's a decent striker. Brighton could do better, but finding a 20-goal season striker in the Premier League is, is hard to find. Um, and, and maybe you do feel they missed a trick not getting an Edward. Look at that. Our 33 players are done. I think that's our longest podcast. I, de- I did have one more player that I was thinking about for, for striker, but it might be a bit controversial. Um, I was thinking Jamie Vardy. I almost put Jamie Vardy because, I mean, the guy's not the guy's lost his touch in terms of goal scoring. He doesn't seem to be scoring uh, as many as he used to. Fair and that. you know, legacy is a great thing, and, and he's had that. He, honestly, Premier League legend, I would put him as just for his rise and story, and obviously guiding, helping guide Leicester to that title. But I, I he's necessarily good. And I, I do think next season he's not going to be the starting striker for Leicester. I believe it will be Patson Backer. So I mean, I, I, and in a way, he might be getting the team on legacy right now. So that was my other shout for striker because he's not not been very clinical as of late. It's a good but, shout. Um, yeah, I think what you say there, with I think a lot of people are viewing it with a slightly tainted mind or naive mind in that he's been so good for so long that maybe people aren't seeing that he's not matching that level anymore or he's slowly decreasing the amount of goals mm. or the amount of minutes, the top speeds that he's clocking in. Um, there's no doubt he's still a brilliant striker. It's just whether or not he's at that level he was a few years ago. And if so, are people still talking about it in the same manner that they were then? And if they're not, um, or sorry, if they are, is that possibly true? And then that would kind of consider him to be overrated. So yeah, that's a, that's a good point, actually. I get where you're coming from, because I, I thought about it too, but I thought if I'm just basing it off strikers that haven't really hit form so far this season, I mean, we could be talking about Harry Kane being a bit overrated. So, Ooh, a ter- so, terrible. So, so, I mean, that's, you know, it could be anything, but yeah, no, I, I get what you're saying. Yeah, so a long pod today. That that wraps it up. Um, check us out on social media, either One Two Football, One Two Football UK. We might be coming back, absolutely underrated player ones, a bit, bit positive, positive vibes coming in. But make sure also to check out our website, One Two Football.com. Growing list of contributors and plenty more articles to come this week and next week, and for the rest of the rest of the weeks as well. So we'll see you next. Hey, what's what's happening after that? <laughs> 
Is he frozen? I think he has. He's a happy boy. Look at him. <laughs> but I'll take yeah. over there and I'll just yeah. go, go visit our TikTok where, you know, you can probably see some more repeats of this. So, so yeah. <laughs>